Yes, 8.30. So welcome again to the second sessions or Saturday morning sessions. And hope you all have uh, rested well uh, yesterday and uh, have a lovely time, uh, have the opportunity to walk around as well. I have, uh, to my delight, I invited a friend, the skeleton. I was uh, refused to give it a name. I don't know whether there's a name from the monastery, the skeleton from the monastery. But uh, because I do not want to dress up um, old age, sickness and death, so we just call it our friend skeleton. So this morning, uh, we're going to uh, start our journey into uh, contemplating and investigating old age, sickness and death. And uh, I will see we uh, focus much more on old age and sickness today and we will leave the contemplation on death tomorrow. Um, I'm going to start uh, with a story since the skeleton is here. Um, I think most of you, uh, those who do not know, my teacher is uh, Ayavayama Bhikkhuni, uh, Terry. She already passed away. Of course, Ajahn Brahma, Ajahn Brahmali, all, my senior, all the senior Sangha are my teachers. But I uh, spend a lot of time with Ayavayama Bhikkhuni. She passed away two years ago now. And she told me the story. She's Australian, uh, trained uh, from Sydney, but she spent 10 years in Sri Lanka, in uh, uh, Parabudu Nuns Island. Those that who are from Sri Lanka, that's close to Dodandua. I hope I pronounced it correctly. And she told me the story that they did have a skeleton. And Ayavayama Bhikkhuni's teacher is Ayakema. You would have heard of Ayakema. So that uh, in the island, Ayakema uh, started a uh, nuns training, uh, nuns uh, monastery in Sri Lanka. And uh, she told me that they have a skeleton like this in the hall of uh, uh, Parabadu Nuns Island. The idea of having a skeleton in a monastery um, is uh, so that we can contemplate old age, sickness and death, something that we cannot run away from. However, she said the skeletons were there, setting up right um, after a while, she said, there's a hate-covering cough, cloth. They cover the cloth. Someone, you know, so rule, one of the rules is, please do not cover this skeleton. No cloth covering. We want to really see it so that we can contemplate. She said, someone put a cloth to cover the head after a while. And later on, there's another piece of cloth cover the body of the skeleton. So you can't really see the skeleton. Yeah, it is very interesting because it just reminds me, just now remember I say we don't want to dress up old age sickness and death. We really want to look at it. It's unpleasant. I uh, invite all of you to uh, take a few minutes to uh, reflect. When you first walk in or when you saw the skeleton coming in, <laughs> Oh, so do you carry in, Sharinga? Uh, a couple of you might have carried in. When you saw it walk in, how do you feel? Is it, uh, do you feel a sense of 
exciting, interesting, or you feel like uh, you don't really want to look at it. It's uh, overwhelming and uh, something that you um, would like to rather not look at. But I must say, all, the fact that all of you are here, you must be willing to uh, investigate, to contemplate about OH sickness and death, regardless of your age. I knew some of them, but some of you are under 30s. Um, but it can happen to any one of us. The fact that you are here, you must be over 18, I was told. Um, then you are already aged, or we are already aged. From the time that uh, we are uh, uh, newborn until now. So that is uh, nothing that you can run away from. We must might feel really, um, if you are young, uh, aging, you will feel that, you know, um, it is exciting to move towards aging because that gives you financial independence and uh, you can make decisions and do whatever you want. However, that did come with uh, responsibilities. But those of us who are in the middle or towards the other end of the scales, we don't really like OH because it brought with us uh, uh, sickness and uh, all the uh, OH suffering, uh, pains and aches. I must say I'm happy that uh, this is uh, slightly higher, not on the floor, because I will be, do not, it's not in a, a good scene to get up from the floor. <laughs> Uh, well, because I suffer from OH too. Uh, it is interesting uh, to reflect on. And as I say that uh, we don't really want to uh, uh, dress up and uh, trying to cover up OH, sickness, of course, death. Because that gives us, uh, uh, they create, even in the society, like an element of fear, of anxiety, or worried, or um, that we don't want to deal with it. Um, because it's unpleasant, we feel disgusted about uh, OH sickness and death. That's why it's great to have the opportunity like this in a safe environment. We are hopefully not there yet, or some of us already there, uh, to uh, look at it. Um, and I have uh, some questions for you to uh, consider, which um, as you consider your inner life, your general state of ease or unease, and... Um, how do you feel about aging? In a positive way or in a negative way? How do you feel about it? What do you like or don't like about aging? Whether because you feel that you lost your independence about uh, aging, you need to rely on other people more. Or you can't drive to offer dana anymore because it's too far to go. 
or even come to a retreat, walking up and down the stairs is too hard. You need to be in a cottage that you don't need to walk up and down the stairs. Or you enjoy your retirement, that you, you can come to more retreats, attend more uh, meditation sessions. There is no right or wrong answer, but this is something for all of us to reflect on. If you give me the, all the time I have, I probably can keep on telling stories. Anyhow, I'm going to tell you another story. Um, when I um, decided, uh, trying to make my decision to be to ordain as a nun, uh, so I ordained in my 30s, uh, and um, I'm in my 50s now, so I'm definitely past the uh, start of the field, the uh, old age. Um, I was uh, uh, living with my grandma, and uh, she was in her late uh, 80s. So I, would, I was thinking about, you know, I want to ordain, but I want to leave it to after she passed away. She was probably 88 or 86. I can't remember the age. I thought, well, four years, you know, she probably um, will be in her 80s, uh, 90s. She might pass away then. Um, then I can just uh, uh, ordain and do whatever I want. I don't want to leave her. Uh, behind. But then I met someone, I was working in a pharmacy, I, work, I met someone that she was uh, two years uh, older than, or four years older than my grandma. She came in to get her prescription with her daughter, uh, with a walking stick. At that time when I saw her, the penny drops, four years down the track, my grandma probably still alive. I might not be. I was in my 30s when I was considering the ordination. Um, sure enough, I did decide, that, okay, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to uh, try out uh, uh, to, I went into Damasara, of course. Uh, um, so I said, I'm going to give it a go. Um, otherwise, I do not want to be at the end of my life. I might die any time. Um, that I have regrets. So I want to do it before uh, I have uh, um, time that I could not do it. Guess what? My grandma passed away when she was 98. So there's 12 years later. So if I wait, uh, I will probably not sitting here sharing uh, uh, some uh, teachings with you or some experiences with you. So that's something that uh, all of us could think about um, or could reflect on or contemplate. I'm very grateful that I make that decision because I know some of the people here are thinking about being an, a monastic or some anagarikas here. So don't leave it too late. Do it. Um, another thing is... Um, when I'm talking about aging, some of you will have heard that people spend thousands of dollars trying to delay aging, having plastic surgeries, even the fact that we're trying to, we think that we eat the right food, we will not age or sick. 
I have no um, problems or, or encourage all of us to look after ourselves, um, to uh, live a good life, eat properly, you know, if you can, uh, you can afford it. Um, because that's our responsibilities. And it being as healthy as we can uh, probably leave a, a lesser burden to the society in a way. Um, someone come from the health background because I did naturopathy as well, so full of health background. So I know that, uh, about old age and sickness and death uh, as well as I can be, except I haven't done it myself yet. Um, otherwise, I will not be sitting here. Um, so we think that we can do all those things, even we think that we are a good practitioner. You know, if I am uh, keep the precepts, uh, do it being a good person, it helps. And we're going to talk more about it this afternoon as well, as the time progresses. But it will not stop us from uh, being old, sick, and dying. Um, because once we have a body, it will definitely to go to a decay. Even the Buddha, uh, that we have so much um, uh, respect and uh, uh, followed in his uh, teaching, he showed the example of he's sick, he get old, sick, and die. Um, there is um, no escape. Now we have, um, I, of course, come across a lot of people that uh, when they are sick, they don't want to tell people because they are ashamed that they are sick. They are ashamed that uh, they are, or they don't want people to talk about them. They are sick or they are getting old because it signifies that they might not be a good person because they have bad karma. All of us have bad karma. Um, that can't run away from it, whatever we do, in the past especially that we don't know, and even we know. Um, or anyone, any type of sickness, is not just physical sickness, not the big C, the cancer. It can be any chronic mental illness. And um, those of you who know Ayavayama, she had a neurological condition called multi-system atrophy. So there's no escape. So what to, as I say again, um, what do we dislike about um, sickness? Of course, old, old and sick. Because it could it be uh, the anxiety about, you know, you can't do things as you would like to be anymore. The inconvenience of uh, sickness and aging. Again, I know all about it because I need to learn how to hoist someone up. You know, how to, I need to shower someone that was not well. So I know all about it, about uh, looking after someone that was... Uh, um, sick and uh, dependence and getting old. That is something for you to uh, contemplate. 
I read a book. I'm going to read out a, a quotation. Um, a book called Being Mortal. I'm not sure any one of you read about that. It's by Atu Gavande. Being a health background, I'm very interested in the sort of the why that we age. So I'm going to read a, a, a section, just a paragraph from that particular book to share with you. So this is from the book, the quote quotation from the book. I spoke to Felix Silverstone. So I means uh, the author. So this book was uh, pu- first published in October 2014. So I spoke to Felix Silverstone, who for 24 years was a senior geriatrician at the Parker Jewish Institute in New York, and who has published more than 100 studies on aging. There is, he told me, no single common cellular mechanism to the aging process. Our bodies accumulate lipofusin and oxygen-free radical damage and random DNA mutations and numerous other microcellular problems. The process is gradual and unrelenting. I asked Silverstone whether gerontologist, so someone who worked with an elderly patient called a gerontologist, have discerned any particular reproducible pathway to aging. He said, no, we just fall apart. I just repeat that, I just love it. Uh, this um, um, geriatrician say, we just fall apart. I am using something that is sex, uh, uh, sort of from a um, secular, uh, to try to convince all of us. Okay, if you don't believe what the boot, of course you probably don't believe what I say, unless you experience aging and sickness yourself. Even you experience it, or we experience it. Sometimes it will do not register in our mind. Okay, the Buddha said that. Do we register? Sometimes we don't. So I try to add in another uh, perspective. This is from the specialist, from the signs. It did say we cannot run away. We fall apart. Even this, uh, in that book, uh, this particular specialist, he actually suffered from OX sickness as well. He could not uh, run away. Being someone who published hundreds of studies on aging, he could not find a cure. So let alone every single one of us here. And I, yeah, last night I was saying that I'm going to share with you a poem by a, a bhikkhuni, by a nun, an enlightened nun during the Buddha's time. And uh, she wrote a very moving poem. I love the poem. And comparing her former beautiful body to her old age body. Reflecting on impermanence, she attained freedom, liberation, nibbana, 
So it doesn't mean that you know uh, we suffer from old age, sickness, and death. Uh, that that's it. This is all the bad news. But we can use it um, as a way that uh, to transform, um, because it helps us uh, to look into our fear, anxiety, and what is important in our life. So I'm going to read out this uh, poem. Um, this is one of my uh, uh, one of my favorite poem. Um, so this is the poem that she wrote. There's numerous translation that you can Google, but uh, I have this uh, translation for a long time, so I'm just going to use the one that I'm familiar with. So this is the poem. My hair was black, like the color of bees with curly ends. Because of old age, it is like bark, fibers of hemp. Not force is the utterance of the speaker of truth. Is it true? For those, uh, we, uh, our uh, soft, beautiful black hair now turn into silver and uh, uh, really uh, sort of a wiry hair. Cower with flowers, my head was fragrant. Like a perfume box. Now, because of old age, it smells like a dog's fur. <laughs> I just love it because I can imagine it. <laughs> Not force is the utterance of the speaker of the truth. Thick as a well-planted grove, Made beautiful, having the ends parted by comb and pin. Because of old age, it is thin here and there. Not force is the utterance of the speaker of the truth. And um, even I know Prince Williams. He used to be, when he was young, he got, you know, hair and uh, uh, full of youth. And, of course, very handsome with the nice, beautiful hair. And now when he looked born, um, he lost his hair. So you can imagine that uh, it applies to all of us. Okay, I'm continuing with the poem. Possessing fine pins decorated with gold, adorned with plates, it looked beautiful because of old age, that the head has been made bold, not false, is the utterance of the speaker of truth. Formerly, my eyebrows looked beautiful, like crescents well painted by artists. Because of old age, they droop down with wrinkles. Not force is the utterance of the speaker of truth. My eyes were shining very brilliant, like Jews, very black and long. Overwhelmed by old age, they do not look beautiful. Not force is the utterance of the speaker of truth. In the bloom of my youth, 
My nose looked beautiful, like a delicate peak. Because of old age, it is like a flower spike of long pepper. Not force is the utterance of the speaker of truth. You can imagine that, isn't it? Uh, uh, the nose. Uh, I'm trying to convince all of us <laughs> that old age is here. You can't run away. Um, so this is into another um, um, sort of brainwashing you, and it not brainwash. It is. We just do not accept it. It is here. We, all of us are experiencing it. But we just trying to push it away. Let me finish this uh, poem because I love it. Formerly, my hands looked beautiful with delicate signet rings decorated with gold. Because of old age, they are like onions and radishes. <laughs> Not force is the utterance of the speaker of truth. Formerly, my body looked beautiful, like a well-polished sheet of gold. Now, it is covered with fine wrinkles. Not force is the utterance of the speaker of truth. Formerly, my calves looked beautiful. Possessing delicate anklets decorated with gold, because of old age, they are like sticks of sesame. Not force is the utterance of the speaker of truth. Such was this body. Now it is decrepit, the abode of many pains, an old house. With his plaster falling off, not force is the utterance of the speaker of truth. So this is the end of the poem. It is by a venerable Bikuni Ambapali. So she wrote that uh, two thousand six hundred years more than that ago, and now we're still contemplating the same thing, because um, once we have the body. That's what's going to happen. So that is the bad news. Um, but I'm going to. <laughs> we need to share some good news. <laughs> um, we are very fortunate, very lucky that all of us are here, willing to uh, look into it, look willing to uh, contemplate and investigate what it means to us. Is as I say, there's no. Right or wrong answer. What it meant to you about old age and sickness? If you are lucky enough, you're still in good health at the moment. And besides that, the Dharma, which is the teaching of the Buddha, offer us so many tools that we can use. Um, things we're going to look into it more, um, like the, keeping the precepts, being a good person. We can't stop aging, sickness, and death, but at least we can feel good about ourselves. And uh, to be a 
blessings for others too because we are kind and um, uh, being a generous person and uh, with uh, lots of uh, love and advocating peace rather than war. Acts of blessings. And remember the first precept that we talk about, not to kill any other living beings, living key creatures. The fact that we try, um, even something that we don't like, like cockroaches. What we normally do is uh, uh, you try to use a plastic container, put uh, over the cockroach, and put another piece of paper, and then take it out. <laughs> I did that even when I was uh, in uh, Jana Grove. Um, so that's something that you do. It's a blessing. You offer um, a safety, a feeling of uh, uh, fearlessness to the creatures that you're dealing with. So that is uh, tools that uh, we can use, which is splashing all over the Dharma, the teaching of the Buddha. That uh, we, can, we will have a look, a small portion of it, but there's more to explore, that encourage you to explore. So this is something that you can uh, look into it again and again, what else you can do. And besides that, it's also the emotions of it. You know, we, are, uh, we don't like to be sick. Why we don't want to tell other people? Why do we come to keep it a secret? Okay, I um, was with Ayavayama when she was sick. Of course, we don't want to tell everyone else. Or when I end up in a hospital, in the emergency uh, department of the hospital with Ayavayama, because she's quite well-known, teacher in the community, we don't want to tell everyone because we don't want to have everyone turn up at the hospital to trying to see her. So we're trying to keep it quiet. I must say, some of you that have received a phone call from me before say, please come and pay me up. Uh, I need to go back uh, to have a shower or something while I see you in the hospital. That's fair enough uh, because of that reason. But there is not something that uh, we are shy of or, or ashamed of. Because it's something normal. So by working with the unsatisfactoriness of life and body, working with all our pains and uh, aids and difficulties and the sufferings of uh, sickness, old age. Uh, we can learn to be more accepting of life, more equanimous and more relaxed when you knock on our door. And uh, we will be able to surrender to the situation that we are in. And as I say, uh, like Venerable Bhikkhuni, Ambapali, we can use that as a teacher, a way to, to transform our inner life. And then we lean towards freedom and liberation. As I mentioned, 
we can have plans and dreams. You know, now you are in this retreat, you probably already book in for the next retreat if that's what you like to do, or you plan to go away on holiday. So we plan and dreams about our future. Some of us, we do not know where is our future. Remember that our next breath, we can't breathe in or out. That's the end of our future. Just like this skeleton, there's no breath. And uh, we need to, as I mentioned again, we need to recognize and be aware our plans and dreams can change any time because life is uh, impermanent. And I went, I just uh, more stories to share. I went through my grandma's um, um, belongings after she passed away. So there they were photos of me as a teenager in high school that I found. I still got a few of them. You know, with friends that we took. If you could imagine yourself or remember yourself. You know, we look so innocent, fearless, invincible. The whole world is under our feet. Can imagine our, our children. That's how they look like. Because... Um, one day I was uh, walking, I was uh, at a cemetery with uh, grandma's friends. Her daughter still in high school. I uh, know actually, yes, before she entered even uh, the uni to study, she's now a registered nurse. So she, I asked her, what do you think about, you know, the death and dying? She said, nothing. I said, do you talk to your friends? Do you talk about that? No, of course. Because we have the pride of youth, think that we can be forever. So when I look at that, uh, those photos, you know, how do I come to now? <laughs> so every hour passing by, every breath, I'm no longer the proud young one, or yeah, the young youngest. I used to be the youngest in the monastery as well. Uh, youngest uh, nuns in the monastery. Now, before I know it, <laughs> I'm one of the senior nuns. I just keep on looking. Isn't there someone going to say something? But everyone looking at me. <laughs> it is a very interesting um, uh, uh, experience that I invite you to um, uh, contemplate. And for my grandma, as I say, she passed away when she was 98. So, you know, I have plans. Where is my plans and dreams? I didn't plan to be in the monastery to be a nun. And now in my 50s as well. So no longer that uh, the invincible have lots of plans and the big future in front of me anymore. And when I was uh, at my grandma's funeral, um, I actually very delighted to be able to conduct my grandma's funeral. If I didn't uh, uh, went to the monastery, I didn't leave uh, 12, at the time, 12 years ago, um, uh, before my grandma passed away, I will not be able to conduct her funeral. 
So there's a, a blessings in the way that I uh, have the opportunity to do that. So at my grandma's funeral, I, my cousins, uh, they was uh, like talking. They say, well, they wish uh, they would uh, come to uh, visit grandma more often. They wish they would spend more time with my grandmother. But it was too late at her funeral. So to look at things like old age sickness and death now allow us to see what is important in our life, in my life, in your life. It can be different to each one of us. As I say, there's nothing, there's no right or wrong in whatever way that we think is important. It is what, just like this cousin, at the end of uh, when my grandma passed away, so not just when we pass away, when our loved one passed away, that we have no regrets. We did everything we could. If that's important to spend, to see your grandmother or your mother more often. I'm... I'm going to read out, um, that is the reflections that uh, the Buddha uh, asks, especially the, for the monastics, to reflect regularly. The days and nights are relentlessly passing. How well am I spending my time? I'm going to read it one more time for all of us to reflect on. The days and nights are relentlessly passing. How well am I spending my time, your time? So this is up to all of us to uh, uh, answer that or to uh, reflect on that. Of course, for monastics, is the practice. But the Buddha has encouraged the monastic to do that regularly. I um, will read out another sutta. There's so many good stories and uh, um, uh, interesting uh, suttas that uh, uh, when you got a chance, I encourage you to, uh, um, to read, to investigate more as well. So I'm going to read to you a sutta. It is, um, it is from Anguttara Nikaya which is the numerical discourse uh, um, and it is in the, the books of three in sutra number 38. Those are familiar with the suttas. This is a very famous sutra. Even though it's called delicate, actually it's talking about the intoxication that we have in life. So I'm reading exactly what it is. Uh, um, from the suttas, and then we, I will talk a little bit about before we finish. So this is from the sutta. Amid such splendor and a delicate life, so the splendor and delicate life of the Buddha, it occurred to me, an uninstructed worldling, though himself, Subject to old age, not exempt from old age, 
feels repelled, humiliated, and disgusted when he sees another who is old, overlooking his own situation. Now I too am subject to old age, and am not exempt from old age. Such being the case, if I were to feel repelled, humiliated, and disgusted when seeing another one who is old, what would not be proper for me? When I reflected thus, my intoxication with youth was completely abandoned. So there's something that、uh, we need to、uh, reflect again and again. Those, that, especially those that were young,、uh, under thirty, <laughs> when you see someone that's old,、um, that's great way to、uh, reflect on. Like when I told you the story, I saw someone that is,、uh, I think she's four years older than my grandma, so closer to ninety. That have a stick. She came to the pharmacy to get her prescription. That's the time that、uh, I told myself, "No, I can't wait anymore. I'm going to apply to be an agarika in the monastery," and I did. Because I knew that、uh, when I saw that, I probably just the right time to、uh, contemplate, and、um, I say, "Well." I don't want to have regrets. My grandma can be still around when she was when she was published. She did ninety eight, but I'm the one that might be dead. So that's something that all of us、uh, need to look at. Second one, again, it occurred to me, an uninstructed worldling, though himself subject to illness. Not exempt from illness, feels repelled, humiliated, and disgusted when he sees another who is ill, overlooking his own situation. Now I am, I too am subject to illness, and am not exempt from illness. Such being the case. If I were to feel repelled, humiliated, and disgusted when seeing another who is ill, that would not be proper for me. When I reflected thus, my intoxication with health was completely abandoned. I want to tell more stories, but I'm going to finish this first.、Um, the third one. So we have intoxication of youth. The second one, intoxication with health. So the last one, intoxication with life. Again, it occurred to me, an uninstructed worldling, though himself subject to death, not exempt from death, feels repelled, humiliated, and disgusted when he sees another who has died. Overlooking his own situation. 
Now I too am subject to death. And am not exempt from death. Such being the case, if I were to feel repelled, humiliated, and disgusted when seeing another who has died, that would not be proper for me. When I reflected thus, my intoxication with life was completely abandoned. They are bhikkhus. So this is a uh, uh, sutras that uh, the Buddha is talking to the uh, bhikkhus. These three kinds of intoxication, what three? Intoxication with youth, intoxication with health, and intoxication with life. Packs are old age, sickness, and death for you, for all of us. I'm going to uh, tell you more story later this afternoon, so don't worry. Um, I come. I just say, yep. Yeah, I would like to say some more, but um, I, before I finish, because we're going to, I don't want to miss the meditation sessions. But before we go into that, um, I have uh, a couple of things that I want to mention. Um, because I'm going to do this is play, uh, an exercise. So today, this afternoon, uh, after lunch, which is uh, 11.45. So between 11.45 to, um, I don't know, uh, to 6 o'clock, let's say, I'm going to ring the bell, the bell of OH sickness and death. Not OH, pop, that one you can't, there's no bell. <laughs> so the bell of sickness and death. So I ask you not to go away from, uh, too far away for a walk until uh, we ring the bell. When I ring the bell, I ask you to put down anything that you're doing. If you are drinking tea in the toilet or washing the dishes. So I ask you, please come back straight away. Drop everything, come back to this hall. And this is an exercise. You got warning because uh, sickness and death will call you between 12 to 6 p.m. Normally, you don't get the warning at all. But I want you to come back, and we can see how you feel. Uh, you can reflect on when you come back. We talk a bit more. How you feel about being pulled away from the things that you are doing in life. So I know some people will say, yeah, don't care, and some will be worried whole afternoon when she's ringing the bell. But that is for you to uh, uh, reflect on and contemplate, okay? So that's the play that we're going to do this afternoon. Um, I will not tell you when I'm going to ring the bell, as I say. Uh, so that's one thing. The second thing is um, those, I assume you already have breakfast. So on each table, you have a, something called reflection before eating. So I want to talk a bit about it. I don't, just don't want it just to be left there. Uh, <laughs> the reason that uh, it is on each table uh, is I would like to invite you to reflect on um, 
the reflection you can do before eating. Why reflection before eating? Because we have to eat. That's a great time to stop. You need to stop, sit down, um, and that paper is in front of you. Um, I'm just going to read through the two reflections. Um, they actually have five. Uh, this one, I uh, um, took it from, uh, culturally from, courtesy of Lotus Bud Sangha. I think it's uh, from the Plum Village. So the first one. This food is a gift of the whole universe. The earth, the sky, and much hard work. Excuse me. So that is for all of us to reflect on. The food that's on your plate in front of you. After that, you're going to have lunch. You have people, is people offering dana today? So there's someone or family, they uh, willingly, happily to support all of us doing the, this work, the practice. So they work hard uh, when they're going to the, they went to the, uh, the supermarket to buy whatever food and they have to cook and drive all the way up here. Imagine, I don't know who is offering the dana. It can be anywhere from half an hour to an hour to bring the food for all of us here. So that is a gift that I offer. So it's good to be able to stop, to reflect on. We are receiving a gift. And not just them. Before that, the farmers, just even before that, the transport of the food from one from the farm to the or factory to the supermarket. And before that, if it is rice or veggies, that's work that uh, someone got to do, not just some being. The sky, as you say here, the earth, you know, the rains, the sun, the earth, all the insects, insects again. Like things that the insects that we light, insects we don't light, insects that help us uh, to um, for the plant to grow and end up on our plate. It's a great reflection to, uh, to cultivate gratitude. And also, we heard a lot of it in the news. The resources on the planet is now getting lesser and lesser. So if we appreciate what is on our plate, not just food, this will encourage us looking at the electricity, the water we use, so all the resources that we are sharing with all the beings on earth. And of course, while we are eating, there, is, there are plenty of people that go hungry. So there's a reflection that uh, we can't um, do this only something simple. You don't need to take the whole time. Just take a few minutes before we eat to cultivate the gratitude in our heart. And the next one, we accept this food so that we realize the path of love and understanding. So we accept the food. We have the food to eat. The same thing for monastic. That's another day for us to be able to uh, practice 
So to be a, uh, how to be a kind, uh, good person. And we become a blessings, not just for ourselves, also for the people around us. So that is um, uh, the two reflections that I encourage you to do before you're eating. These, you can bring it home each time, probably one, you can choose one meal a day that you do that. Sitting before you eat and reflect on that. When we remember when we talk about the good news, about the tools that we can use to cultivate, this is one way we can cultivate. How beautiful it is to have the gratitude in your heart. And it will flow into the people around us. And gratitude have, with, in my grandma's case, then possibly more grandchildren should have come to see her more often. You have the gratitude. So that is the, um, this is one of the tools that we can use. All right. Now, um, let us um, uh, spend some time to uh, meditate, um, to quiet the mind, so that um, with a quiet mind, then we can see more clearly in our hearts is what's going on. I'm going to do a small guided meditation again. If you're sick of it, you can write into the Q&A. However, tomorrow I'm going to do a, a, a guided meditation on death, so you can't run away from that one. So even though whatever you wrote to this evening, you still got a guided meditation tomorrow morning. You can have a drink or wiggle around to relax your body. be very happy that you are here have the opportunity to sit in this beautiful peaceful space that we can relax and enjoy this beautiful and peaceful and calm space Take three gentle breaths. I'm going to go through the uh, body contemplation. That's a way to bring ourselves into present moment. The body contemplation also a way that we can distract ourselves from thinking, from planning so that we be aware of what's happening in our body right now.
bring your awareness to the top of the head and gradually move down to the front of the head using your mind like a gentle hand just stroking down your front of your head be aware of it and then bring your awareness to the back of your head so part by part going down all the way to the back of your head. Anywhere that extends or constricted, bring your awareness to there. Give it a bit of your attention. Sometimes we never pay attention to our body. And then let it go. Move to the next part. Bring your awareness again to the front of your head. From the forehead gradually, gently moving down to your eyes to the area between the two eyebrows to the nose to the cheeks to your mouth to the chin And gently remind yourself to relax. Bring your awareness to the side of your neck, to the shoulders, moving along both shoulders. Be aware that there's any part of the shoulders that feel heavy, tense, or stiff. You can gently move it a little bit. Give it your full attention. And then let it go. Bring your awareness to the joint between the shoulders and the upper arm. And slowly, gradually, bring your awareness all the way down, moving to the elbows. And from the elbows, move down gently to your wrist both hands to your fingers 
to the tip of your fingers and let all the stress, all the tension flow out through the tip of the fingers and remind yourself to relax. Bring your awareness to the front, from the neck, along the throat. Feel the dryness of your throat. Then let it go. Down to the chest. Any discomfort, constriction, bring your awareness there and then let it go. Keep going down to your stomach, to your groin area, and relax. Bring your awareness to the back of the body. From the neck down, along the spine, to your waist. Give it a bit of attention on your back. Sometimes we do not pay attention to any pains and aches until it starts screaming at us. So if you notice any tension, bring your awareness there. And then let it go. And all the way, keep moving down to your buttocks. And relax. Bring your awareness to the thighs, both thighs. Gradually moving down to the knees. Stay there for a few moments. Bring your awareness to the lower legs, to the feet. to the toes, to the tip of the toes, and once again, let all the stress and tension in the body go. And remind yourself to relax. Stay for a few moments in silence.
if you would like to and naturally incline to let yourself rest on the breath. Be aware of the breathing in and out.
coming close to the end of this meditation session, I invite you to take a few minutes to reflect on how the sessions have been for you. You were able to relax into the breath. You feel more, less tense, less stressed, less busy compared to yesterday. Remember that so that you can encourage the mind to come back to this space of quietness, of relaxation, of peace. going to ring the bell and you can come up from the meditation at the end of the stopping of the bell. Those of you who would like to go out to stretch, have a stretch, and please be back here at 10 o'clock. And I'm going to give uh, some um, instructions on walking meditation. And we're going to do the group meditation around. So um, probably as big as possible, uh, the, the square or as big as possible. So those people that who have uh, your chairs, uh, leave enough space at the outside rooms. So we're going to walk together. <laughs>